You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. Podcast, 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 podcast. The first and the best Chiefs podcast. Real ones know the show is called Amateur Hour. The Amateur Hour podcast is now airing on KC Sports Network. Ryan Scott Hall and his Dirkness are back again. We've got football, friendship, and fun. All these shows, we're still number one, season 12. Oh, wow, here it comes. Welcome, my friends, to Emma, Amateur Hour Podcast. Podcast. Man, I can't hit that note right. Podcast! Is that right? Ah, well. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, Amateur Hour? Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just a amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Yeah, that's right, folks. The show is called Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall, and joining me today, <clears throat> he's no Dante Hall, but he's certainly the X Factor of this program. It's his darkness. So up, you know what? Just hanging a little Tuesday night. Think I'm back where uh, human uh, supposed to be? Well, human joysticky. Oh, hey, it's Ryan Ewing. Hey, buddy. Hope you liked the game in town when uh, I think he actually double dipped. Did a little sporting KC and then a little Chiefs Chargers. I will have you know I was in presence at the Galaxy game to try and get sporting their playoff berth. And then after the game, try to chase down Clark Hunt, who uh, we were playing. They were playing Dallas. Try to chase down. I was like, holy shit, it's Clark Hunt on the field. Now we were like third row the uh uh, kids, my nephews were getting signatures or whatever, autographs, whatever they call those. And uh, I saw him and took off like the most excited child in the in the stadium. Almost tracked him down. You're, like, the video that you posted? You should have seen me hopping over bleachers. I was, I was, was basically nothing. Hark! Hark! <laughs> like, get these fucking kids out of the way. Get <laughs> me costanza a bunch of kids out of the way. <clears throat> That'll happen. Uh, well, you know, you're pushing kids. Taylor's screaming in kids' faces at the game. Sounds like a, a regular Kansas City weekend. T- Taylor Swift did that? Oh, she just like yelled in the face of Mahomes' kids. Oh, man. This I can't wait for her to pour out. Like in the faces of the babies. I can't wait for her to pour her champagne all over everybody. Vindication for Brittany Mahomes. Tradition unlike any other. Teach her the ways. Uh, so let's get going here. Um, we ended last week's show spewing out a ton of offensive stats uh, with a bit of disagreement at the end that we didn't really have time to uh, embark on and all. Um, but it was in our stats that we were giving you guys. The uh, It was very clear that the 2023 Chiefs offense lagged behind the other offenses of the Mahomes era. Um, I've been pretty steadfast all year that this has been a slow start, but they're going to turn it around. And, you know, I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey as long as he is at full go. 
uh, but they're going to turn this around and be right back where they were the other the other couple of years. Uh, you were a bit more skeptical, uh, thinking this is more of a sign of things to come for all of 2023. Um, so I asked you, Ryan, after the Chiefs lit it up in the first half, sort of limped to the finish in the second half, did this game change your mind at all about the Chiefs' offense? You know, it's a really complicated case, Dirk. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Post corners. A lot of a lot of strands to keep an old duder's head here. A lot of strands. Um look, a lot of things have happened since we talked last week. Okay. Well, Cole Hardman, he's back. Oh yeah, this is a cop out. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he's back. Uh. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, he's back. MVS, he's back. Uh explosive plays, back. I Look, it's one game. I don't know if the Chargers defense is good. I think they're bad. I think they're actually bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing we can confirm, it's the Chargers defense is bad. The the whole not going to cover Travis Kelsey strategy did not pay off, mm. shockingly. So, I mean, how about this? Like, last week, we kind of discussed almost like a lack of identity for the offense. Like, they're still kind of trying to figure out who's good. We started to think maybe Rasheed Rice is good. Uh, but, you know, the, the stats are changing. We'll get into that here a little bit. Um, you want to see a team that lacks a true identity? It's the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers have no idea who they are. And when that game is over, Brandon Staley says, we need to reset as a team. I mean, I don't know how many uh, how many teams the Chiefs have done this to where the game is over and they're like, wait. We're lost now. We are. We're in the desert, folks. We're out here in Palm Springs. We are no longer in LA. Uh, it's it's looking strange. Looking strange. I I will say this about the Kansas City Chiefs offense on Sunday. Uh, it's fun to watch. Fun to watch them again. Um, all the Mahomes numbers at halftime. I mean, don't get me wrong. The second half will kind of even things out because they were so hot in the first half. But we're sitting there at halftime talking about uh, the single-game passing yardage record is uh, within reach. Norm Van Brocklin. Shout out. Whole whole bunch of really awesome-looking stats for both Patrick and Travis that I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But, I mean, honestly, Dirk, it seems like you had an inkling, certainly in the tweets leading up to the game, that the Chiefs were going to stretch this out into a multi-score victory. And I mean, I think you were one of the few people in that corner. We were all just kind of expecting this, you know, another Chiefs Chargers real close game down to the end. So I don't know, walk us through your vision there, Dirk. Why did you think that they were going to win this one by multiple scores? Well, I mean, the NFL as a whole, you kind of, you know, zag when people zig. Uh, Everybody was just looking at the last five games. You know, every Chiefs Chargers game is close. Um, And then had you had the Chiefs coming off like a, a lowly performance against the Broncos. Um, you usually see if they have a performance like that, they rebound. Uh, so I just kind of thought there was a whole bunch of talk about this being close. Uh, so I just kind of, that was kind of a going against the majority. And then thinking about how, um, you know, it's it, it coming off and of just responding like that. The Chiefs just respond, respond, respond. And that's why I just thought, well, this seems like a good week. And the Chargers don't have a good defense at all. Like I just started thinking about the matchup, like the offense is going to win. And I trust our defense. And I just thought, I mean, I picked 31-13. It was 
I, I my vision was almost kind of more of a blur because that was kind of still interesting until middle fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I just it just seemed like it was coming. It was due. I don't have any like tangible season long numbers on the Chargers defense, but well, have have you not seen the one floating around of their past defense? I mean, no. Oh, it's well, they're forty five yards. They're the worst pass defense in the league, yardage-wise. They're 45 yards worse than the second-worst pass defense and about 60 yards worse than the third-worst pass defense. Uh, per game? Yes, just yardage per game. They're up at, like, 310 yards per game, uh, which Mahomes eclipsed at halftime, obviously. I mean, Tua lit him up for 460 in the week one, I think. It's just the Chargers' defense. I mean... There's only one solution for the Chargers. I mean, their defense is horrible. They have talent, or at least they have money spent all over the defense. There's no excuse for them to be that bad. And their head coach is a defensive head coach. Like, it's it's beneficial in this this day's NFL to have an offensive head coach. So if you have a defensive head coach, like, he better be getting the job done on that side of the ball. And he just doesn't. I mean, they underperform every single year. Um, I mean, I can defend some of the fourth down stuff. Some of it's kind of silly, but some of it's like, you know, it leans towards the analytics. It would be analytically correct. Um, so I don't think that's the biggest cause. I just think this team has too much talent to, to be where they are record wise. Like they should be in the playoffs each year. They got a quarterback on a rookie deal. They have talent all Joey. I mean, I think a lot of their talent is questionable at best. I mean, Khalil Mack is now old. I've called him overrated for a while. I've called Joey Bosa the most overrated player in the NFL. I hardly even see him show up on game days anymore. Derwin James, is he as good as we let lead on to believe? Like, he can do a lot, but does he do anything great? Um, you know, J.C. Jackson's probably the biggest answer here. He was, what, the highest paid corner in NFL history, and he lasted what, 19 games on the Chargers and he was benched for at least a handful of those? Like, he was maybe one of the worst free agent signings of all time. So it's just miss after miss on the defense and it has to fall on somebody. And if you're an underachieving team like that, I mean, Staley's not going to last. Fuck. Give it maybe December. Like, unless they start start going on a winning streak here, he will be the first coach fired this year, I think. It kind of feels that way. And, I mean... I'm sure that he will become instantly a hot defensive coordinator, coordinator candidate, coordinator candidate, coordinator candidate. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good choice or not. Did he? Didn't he only have like one or maybe two seasons coordinating the Rams' defense that was just loaded with stars at all these different positions? And um, it's just part of the you know he touched Sean McVay one point, so he gets a head coaching job. It's just part of that. Yeah. And and I mean, look, this is not a Chargers podcast, but their GM has been there. I believe this is now his either his third or fourth coach. Like, I don't I don't think he can get another one. The Chargers are truly due for a reset at words that came out of their own coach's mouth. And when I look at this Chiefs team and think about what's coming up for them on the schedule, um, you know, apart from a few headliners. Teams like the Dolphins and the Bills and I suppose the Bengals and naturally everyone I think is circling the Eagles matchup. Um, There's a lot of trash on the schedule here too to where I don't know how often this Chiefs team is going to be challenged going forward to where when you ask me like, you know, does this change my expectations for the offense or am I kind of looking at them differently? I think they might have a pretty boring 
backstretch. Un- unless they really are hitting on all cylinders and Andy is not doing Andy shutdown mode, like it could be kind of a slog. And then they show up in the playoffs and light people up because they've had the opportunity to save all this stuff. We've still got two games against the Raiders, the Chargers again. They've got the very lowly Patriots. Um, I mean, there's, I think the Packers are on there too. And I mean, Jordan Love is stinky. Uh, it's there. There's a there's a lot to like for the Chiefs going forward. I don't know if it's necessarily gonna mean that like this offense is rolling because I almost wondered a little bit going into this Charger game if it was like Andy is circling this matchup because they want to win the division first, and the Chargers are probably the biggest threat. And so he had this you know real dined up game plan, and the Chargers came to play for a half a football. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say the the Chiefs going undefeated talk would be heating up real hot right now if Kadarius Tony knew how to catch a football in week one. Um, it, it's just that's that's kind of the path they're on. They're looking really good. Can I just say I was I was really enjoying myself on, you know, this is the best Chiefs team of the Mahomes era island. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't alone on that island over there. You know, we got. Nick Wright's mayor over there, and I'm, you know, secretary of narcotics, maybe, and I'm, you know, pitching them some ideas here and there, and, you know, there's, there's, you see some friends over there, hey, what's up, what's up? This week, though, whoo, the ferries showed up, the people offloaded, and all of a sudden it is, it is loaded up on Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, maybe the best team of the Mahomes era. Um, obviously, I think people saw the DVOA stats going around today. Um, if you didn't, they are the first team to be top five in all three phases of the game as of week seven since the 1999 Rams. Um, that is the number four offense in DVOA, the number five defense, and the best unit on the Kansas City Chiefs, Dave Taubes. Taubes. Special teams unit. I still have no idea. I still have no idea. Um, the oh, others on the list are the 84 Redskins, 85 Bears, 90 Giants, 91 Redskins, and 96 Packers. I think five of those won the Super Bowl or four of those five won the Super Bowl or something. Oh, no, the Rams won the Super Bowl. So the last five all won the Super Bowl. The 84 Redskins did not. Um, but basically, it's just a premier list. And maybe the most complete team we've seen in the NFL in some time. Um, so I, people are kind of coming over there to this island. Um, and, you know, I guess they're welcome. But I was enjoying a little bit of privacy last week. Well, look, we can talk about how the Chiefs might be a 90s football team, given that statistic. But first, some money. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited-time, only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less 
than 550 calories per serving. Head to Factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at Factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri on the south end of Kansas City, this family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roasts, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local. Support good meat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, folks, registration is now open for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City's Basketball League. It's that time of year. Now, this league, specifically, a really great introductory experience for a young person that's just kind of developing their skills. Uh, All games are played on Saturdays. It's starting in January, January 13th. It tips off. The postseason tournament championship games are actually going to be held downtown at the nationally recognized college basketball experience, the CBE. Register your child today. Check the link in the show notes for details. Your company can hit it out of the park with a sports league sponsorship with Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. Reach thousands of local families while giving kids the opportunity to get in the game. Contact giving at helpkckids.org for more information. You know... Dirk, all these teams that were offense, defense, special teams in the top five, essentially, of DVOA all at the same time, they were all 90s. 90s, 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 right? That's what it sounded like to me. Been a while since we've seen something like this. It's the 99 Rams was the last time? Yes, the last one was at week seven. The last one was the 99 Rams. 
Actually, if you look at the full season, it's kind of a different list because then you're, you know, whatever. Oh, all right. The, the 2022 Bills did it. So the Bills of last year um, who failed miserably in the playoffs. So Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> I I crafted a really good tweet. I was like, because then the other five teams on that list, they all won the Super Bowl too. So I was like, as long as the Chiefs don't run into the Chiefs in the playoffs, they'll be fine. But then I recognized that they actually lost to the Bengals last year, not the Chiefs. So, wah, wah, that tweet fell on its ass. I was, uh, I wanted to use this, this 90s theme as a springboard to talk about how, like, one-sided the Chiefs offense was. Uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of banging the drum, run that ball, run it ball. You know, Pacheco, Pacheco looks like he might be, you know, the, the second best offensive weapon outside of Kelsey. Um, this offensive line seems to to really get rolling, and we know that Andy doesn't really like to run the football. I don't want to like swim too far upstream here because I don't want to disappoint myself. I know Andy's not going to like hand the ball off twenty five times in a game, but dude, seventeen carries for thirty nine yards is atrocious. It was really really rough from the running backs. Mahomes essentially doubled their total, but uh, seventeen for thirty nine not great. But here, this is. I, 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 I got to get here because one of the things that when this offense looks like it did on Sunday, I can guarantee is a part of how their success actually materializes. It's the screen game. And I can't tell if Andy like f- just forgets that he's arguably the best screen designer ever, or he just threads the needle perfectly because like we won't see one. For weeks on end, and then when he starts dialing up, it's like, oh my god, Andy, where have these been? They scored two touchdowns on screens. One of them got called back, but um, beautiful, beautiful to see the screen game back. Um, and really, if the running backs are going to go catch two touchdowns like that, even though one got called back on a pretty stupid penalty, in my opinion, um, I don't really care how well they're running the ball. But when you see the difference between having fewer than 100 yards rushing as a team and really non-quarterback rushing below 40 yards and yet your quarterback goes out and throws for over 400 um and I it's not what I expected I'll tell you that not what I expected from the way that this team was constructed but you know of Patrick Mahomes's 420-ish yards we'll just say 420 nice round number um you know Travis Kelsey basically had half of them uh, quite a day for Taylor's boyfriend. <laughs> for Taylor's boyfriend, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I would say, I mean, the screen game, if if you weren't seeing it in the last couple weeks, that might be a good piece of evidence for old Andy Reid shutdown mode. Maybe don't put those on tape against weak opponents and save them for your stronger opponents, which you can debate if the Chargers are actually one of those, but it was kind of a game where you can seize full control of the division. So uh, a high leverage game, at least you could say. Um, yeah, and so Pacheco's kind of had three games now in a row where he's been below four point yards, four yards per carry, uh, and he's all the way down at two point five this week, and that's coming off three strong games uh, when Pacheco's really starting to assert himself for three games there. Now three games, not fully sure what to make of that, um, but it is something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't know what the Chargers were. Th- Thinking, I can't imagine being a Chargers fan 
coming into this game and you're just watching Travis Kelsey sit in the middle of the field wide open time after time after time after time after time. And this is coming off of, here's Kelsey's last five games against the Chargers. 12 for 179 and one. Actually, that was this game. Sorry. Uh, game before that. Good one. Six for 115 and three touchdowns. Okay. Five for 51. A uh, ho-hum game there. 10 for 191 and two touchdowns. That's his highest yardage game ever. Uh, seven for 104 and nine for 90 and one touchdown. Those are his last five games against the Chargers. Um, so they, of course, decided not to cover up and see if that's work. And maybe the Chiefs will just forget. And, you know, maybe maybe big brain themselves right out of this one. But no, it did not work. Uh, Kelsey is also the first tight end to go over 100 yards in just the first half, two games in a row since 2000. I wonder if that was Tony Gonzalez the last time I did it, because 2000 would be peak Tony G there. Uh, but I don't have that answer. Uh, also the first of any receiver to do that, 100 yards in the first half in five years. And oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey is... 34 years old and we were maybe questioning if he was declining at all coming into this game although I'm still not totally sure because all he did was just sit in the middle of the field wide fucking open the entire not game but entire first half and then you know they made some great halftime adjustments let's cover Travis Kelsey great great job Bailey great job uh you know you said that we were almost questioning a decline going into the game uh I questioned decline in the first quarter, um, there's this play early on, probably the second drive, I think. Um, it's like second and five, and Kelsey catches the ball on one of those kind of classic Kelsey comeback, catch it, and then spin the way the defender is not going, always making the right decision. And he got wrapped up short of the sticks. And I'm sitting here trying to craft this tweet. They go to commercial break, trying to get my tweet off. And then on like third and one or third and two, Kelsey extends the play or, you know, goes goes and gets them a first down, catches a nice 15-yarder wide open. Um, but after the the second and short, when he ends up getting tackled, he he just didn't have that move. And it's like this is like the signature Kelsey move. And I'm like, man. Like every year of his career, this is a first down for Travis Kelsey. And so even though we're seeing these little signs, like he's still awesome, whatever. Um, and then he proceeded to, you know, have 170 some odd yards receiving and look uh, look like vintage Travis. Uh, he was absolutely incredible. I, I have heard a few different stats. I believe that he and Mahomes finally hit the 50 touchdowns. Mark, uh, they are creeping up on other like QB receiver duos uh, historically. I also they're way behind. I, I don't think they're going to catch like Brady and Gronk, and I want to say Rivers and uh, Gates uh, are one and two, and they're like way ahead. I think they're at ninety. There's like ninety one and eighty nine for those two, uh, and I think Kelsey and Mahomes moving into fourth, and there's one one tandem ahead of them, maybe Robo and Witten. I want to say. And they're like one behind them. So they're going to easily get the third, but that'll be 40 more touchdowns could be tough. I mean, honestly, maybe like, if they play, maybe if they play the chargers every game, they could, they can get there by, you know, January. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think that although records are nice, we don't have to have every single one, you know, Gronk can 
have the touchdowns, it's fine. I'm really not too concerned about it because Travis Kelsey, if you guys saw, now has 99 consecutive games with at least three catches. He's 64 games of the next best tight end. It's not It's not even close. Like three times as much as any tight end in terms of consecutive games with at least three catches. Uh, and I mean, he's provided he plays against Denver, I would imagine going to hit that century mark a hundred straight games with at least three catches. Never been done before. They, uh, they also had the streak of... Uh, targets to catches he caught it was 22 early in the game i'm not sure what it totally ended at it was it would have been like 25 or 26 but he had caught 25 or 26 consecutive targets so like 100 percent hit rate kind of thing um so that was streak was gone that was either the longest current or the longest of all time they haven't tracked car- targets forever so i don't know i don't know how that stat works um but just Ridiculous stat. Another ridiculous stat. A silly one. First QB in NFL history to complete 75% of passes three games in a row with 40 attempts in each game for Patrick Mahomes. That's coming from our guy Scott Cashmer, the Brady hater who's been out here for the last week in these streets doing doing the God's work of tearing down Tom Brady. Man, don't get that guy going. Don't get him going. But he does have fun Mahomes stats too. Uh, and that was just a random one. He has a high completion percentage number and he's throwing a lot, I guess. I mean, honestly, this was easily Mahomes' best game of the year, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think it was particularly close, even though they had that wool after halftime. The Chargers made some adjustments, really seemed to kind of get the Chiefs' offense off balance a little bit. But, like, this, to me, is exactly what we've been talking about, what we've been pining for from the offense. And they only, only put up 31. But, man... I don't know. Like, I really saw some growth this week, uh, particularly in the wide receiver room. Um, obviously, we see that Rasheed Rice has the highest percent of snaps that he has so far in any game in his career. Uh, rewards the Chiefs with over 60 yards and a really nice-looking touchdown. Uh, that guy, I believe I heard Craig say that he needs to average about 68 or 69 yards a game for the rest of the year to hit a 1,000. And I think that that's very much inside the realm of possibility. Uh, if he has a couple pops, um, he's he's going to need to have a couple big games in there. But my God, he looks good. But we, I mean, we were, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, we were, I mean, we were just tracking that last week because we're kind of, we keep talking about the receivers and how, you know, this, this offense worked last year, but the receiver was struggling this year when the only difference really is losing Juju Smith Schuster and adding Rasheed Rice kind of thing, especially now that McCole is back. And, he was basically, if you used, if you took away the first two games, he was only 100 yards behind the pace that Juju set last year for yardage total, and he would have increased that this week. So, I mean, he's basically on that Juju uh, Smith total, um, which is just over, it was 933 yards for Juju last year, so just under 1,000. But his opportunities are just going to keep going up more and more. He keeps getting snaps. His uh, yards per route, because he's only playing like 50% of the snaps, uh, so his yards per route are among the best in the NFL of all receivers. Um, so, I mean, all the promising signs from Rasheed Rice. Um, on, top of this, eh? on, on top of that, receiver-wise, um, I mean, haven't seen MVS in Lord knows how long, and he had two uh, nice, long plays. Uh, I believe both 
of the big plays that MVS had were on broken plays too, which is a, an area where it seems like he's kind of struggled to find rapport with Pat. And I mean, on top of that, Sky Moore coming back for the football for the first time in his career, running with correct route depth, looking good. Also getting that great block to, to seal. So Mahomes can pick up the third and 15 on the most comical defensive alignment that the chargers have ever put together. I mean, I mean, other defenses line up like that. I, I get that everyone's shitting on it, but I've I've seen that defense before, and I I get the idea of it. But how can I mean another another shot at Staley? How can you guys not be ready? Everybody in the stadium knows it's third and fifteen, especially if they drop back like that. Okay, Mahomes is going to wait for the pass rush to go by, and he's going to find a lane, and he's either, he's going to run up to the line and then decide to either scramble or pop it over a linebacker. How can they not be ready for it? That's that's just like. It's it's like stealing. That was so easy, and it's just like I, he takes off running. I'm like, surely they're gonna have somebody there that can pose a threat here and be ready for him to run this. And no, not there at all. Easy, easy third and fifteen conversion, and and the Chiefs are kind of back to their third and really long converting ways. And I would say at least half of them have been Mahomes runs this year. Yeah. I mean, even even a couple that didn't count came back for penalty that he converted on third and long by run. Uh, and those don't even count towards it. It's just it, everybody knows he wants to do this, except Brandon Staley, which yeah, is the theme I, of this podcast. That's that's just let's rename the podcast. Everybody knows what's going on, except Brandon Staley. Um, I was trying to find the leader for rushing yards by a quarterback this season. Uh, Mahomes was leading all QBs in rushing, but it looks like he's down to fifth. Uh, the the usual suspects ahead of him, Jackson, Hurts, Fields, and of course Josh Dobbs. Um, let's uh, let's try to maybe wrap it up on the offense and talk about the truly elite unit of this football team right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Well, folks, more basketball. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down 5 bucks on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll still start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings Parlays, Everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball win. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers get that $200 in instant bonus bets if you just bet five. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Dirk, you're a big Big betting man. You I don't have a problem. I do not. Throwing down some some NBA bets? No. 
Yeah. No, I, I don't want to bet on a sport where they don't care about the games. That does not sound fun. <laughs> so uh, I had like just a couple other like random notes on the offense. Was there anything big that you wanted to tackle before we switch gears? No, kind of. I have an encompassing thought that kind of transitions us to defense. So go ahead, go ahead, fire them off. The 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 main thing. The, the Chiefs only had one sack allowed. Patrick Mahomes notoriously really good at avoiding sacks. Um, I'm starting to get a feeling though. I I feel like I see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, veteran moves from our left tackle. Uh, it seems like there are a lot of plays where Mahomes ends up escaping the pocket and I see some pretty questionable angles from one Donovan Smith to where I'm like, was that was that legal? Was that legal? I don't I don't know if he's just getting away with some stuff because he's been in the league for a long time and so Wait, what are you saying? He's holding or what what's he, what are you saying? Uh I mean I've seen some blocks that look like some holds that maybe look like he's kind of in the back a little bit there's just there's some there's some stuff happening here with donovan smith that like i don't know how much i trust him is is this a ref conspiracy theory take is that is that what you're getting for i'm just i'm i'm just saying that i that would be an interesting angle to to put yourself in that that train yeah the chiefs are actually getting that ref help you figure out you got 31 fan bases supporting you It's not fair to him that he has to play with the likes of Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and even Juwan Taylor, who seems like he's really solidified himself after the string of penalties to start the year, um, looking good in both the run and the pass game. Uh, Donovan Smith, though, just seems a little shaky to me, if any of the five do. But, you know, once upon a time, we thought that Casey Wigman was good because of the people that he played with. So... Uh, you know, maybe maybe Donovan Smith is our Casey Wigman. Is this Casey Wigman strays? I don't I don't know about all that. Wigman was solid, man. Okay, so how about John Wellborn? How about that? He's our John Wellborn. There you go. Now we're talking. All right, now we're talking. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, he would he should have been the weak link. He was he was the weak link coming in. Wasn't um, supposed uh, to be on the team, probably. I think. Right? No, I mean Donovan Smith. Yeah, probably wasn't supposed to be on the team. I said, like, I don't, I don't, they signed him kind of late in the process, but it seemed like it was, I mean, it was after the draft. They really maybe were angling to try to put a rookie in there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I It, it wasn't uh, like a panicked move, but it was just such a late addition that like, it seemed like, wait, they just gave 8 million to Donovan Smith. I think everybody was surprised kind of pleasantly, I guess, like let's solidify the position, but it didn't seem like it was the plan. Well, yeah, I mean, a backup plan. I mean, when you're picking at, you know, 31 or 32, whatever, uh, this year, it didn't seem like they're kind of maybe targeting an offensive tackle and that didn't work out. But once they signed him, I mean, they paid him like a starter. I thought he would, you know, slide in there as a starter. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Trey Smith because I think Trey Smith had a rough start to the season, uh, especially that going against Aiden Hutchinson. And then I think the second game he was kind of struggling as well. Um, but Trey Smith, since then, he had a hilarious clip where he kind of pancakes the guy today or in, on Sunday, and then like kind of like falls over him. He's like, "Oh, I can't stop myself," and just like falls on top. <laughs> oh, I've fallen again. 
Um, but I think Trey Smith has been playing really good. It seems like every single week we get a highlight of him ragdolling a guy to a ground or leading a screen and just mowing someone down. Like Trey Smith's kind of a a uh, low key highlight machine at the right guard position. His uh, his move where it's like he's gonna pass set and somebody picks whatever shoulder they're gonna go by and then he just like whips his whole body and throws them to the ground. It's so fun. I'm like, man, Trey, that's uh, that's taking a lot of practice. He's kind of got a, he's got like a little little karate going on in there. I'm providing. It looks like we got both lines, the all lines doing doing karate with Tomba Ali now. They're all they're all following his lead. Uh, um, but okay, so transition us. You said you've got right. the perfect thing. Well, I just I I'm intrigued by this idea that like the Chiefs had a slow start, and you kind of danced around it earlier. I know you were talking about mostly Mahomes and the offense. Well, wouldn't you agree the general consensus is that the Chiefs got off to a slow start this season? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they lose week one, and apart from the Bears game, it seemed like the offense was really kind of trying to find itself. And yeah, I'd say slow slow start seems appropriate. It just seems funny that even though they had the highest point differential, which is what matters, they had the highest point differential of the Mahomes era, um, it's not of all time. I saw that one flowing, flying around. I think Nick Wright said that on air. Uh, I, I like checked it today. Uh, it was their third best point differential since 1990 from 2013 and 2003 were better. Um, so I just think it's kind of funny that like we have this idea. We just tie in like how a team is doing on offense with that's how the team is performing. Like it's really tough for us to wrap our minds around the defense is playing well and that side matters just as much as the offense playing well. Like, you can even look at this game, and you can be like, well, man, the Chiefs played great in the first half. They were back. Second half, they didn't look so great. Um, but, you know, they got the win anyways. When if you look at the points, they won each half by seven points. They did it in different ways. The offense went off in the first half, and then the defense played its ass off in the second half. But both of them led to the same outcome of, you know, leading by seven points. So I just think it's kind of funny that, um, you know, I had my dad in town this week and he was he was kind of like, yeah, even though the Chiefs are off to a real slow, they just don't seem the same this year, which I I hear over and over and over from national media, from casual fans. Uh, I mean, across the board, that just seems like the general consensus is that. And I'm just it's it's intriguing to me because I don't think it's true at all. I don't think they're off to a slow start at all, even though the offense maybe wasn't at the you know, same level, but it just seems like it's 100% tied in with the success of the offense is how like we measure what the team is doing. And maybe that's just a chief's thing because they have this dynamic offense that we expect to explode. Or maybe that's just, you know, across all sports. I mean, we look at NBA players, for example, and like, well, he's great in offense. So he's a great player and we just do not value their defensive play whatsoever. Uh, so it's just kind of an interesting idea to me that even though the offense has been a little down this year, the defense has been up more than enough to make up for it, and that the Chiefs uh, are not off to a slow start overall in the season. They are thriving. Well, I feel you. In fairness to myself and many that would be maybe making the argument, uh, maybe at least up until now, and I mean, the start of the season is behind us. Like, we're about to play our, what, eighth game coming up against Denver this week. Um you you said toward the end of last week's show, uh, to me, like one of the best points 
that I've heard locally in a while. And it's about how the math has changed for this team. The fact that, you know, last year you can look at a number one offense in the NFL and a middle-of-the-road defense, and that has really always been the formula for the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. We have the best offense in the league, and as long as they're clicking, we only need the defense to get like two or three stops, and the game is over. They could get stops in the first quarter. It doesn't matter. You stop that other team from scoring just two or three times, and the offense is going to outpace whoever you're going against. And so... We're new here. This is easily the best defense that the Chiefs have had in the Mahomes era. Um, you know, all of these statistics that you're starting to see with DVOA, uh, the real impressive one. Are you still blocked by Bill Barnwell? Yes, still blocked. He, he never got to see the dick measuring scale in all its glory. Okay, so Barnwell had a stat this week that said that last year when the Chiefs were not blitzing, Right, they're trying to pressure with four, I guess. Or you know what? Forget that. We're gonna rewind. We'll edit that. We'll edit that. Here's one. the actual statistic. Barnwell said that on plays where they don't generate pressure, they were like 32nd in the league in success rate uh, as far as the pass coverage is concerned. So if they don't get pressure, they stunk last year. They're number two in the league this year in that exact same category. And so they've essentially like completely flipped in their ability to, if we don't generate pressure, we can still make good plays on defense. Some of that probably the maturity in the secondary. Some of that probably the, uh, you know, continued growth at the linebacker position. Uh, the, the addition of Drew, Drew Tranquil, I'm sure that we'll hit on, especially with the now, multiple months, it looks like, that Nick Bolton's going to be out. That sure stinks. Uh, maybe it's just Mike Edwards. Love him. This is my, my, my man, Mike. My man, Mike. What a stud. Uh, good in that 21 jersey out there. Uh, but this defense is doing things that we haven't seen a Patrick Mahomes defense do. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll send it back to you with this. I saw a couple people kind of having the conversation about how when this Chiefs offense, like, and it absolutely will is the expectation, when they get back to, like, being top three, uh, just watch out, folks. And to me, I think that that misses the point. And to return to what you said last week about how the math is different, the Chiefs don't need anything better than, like, a top 10 offense and maybe even not quite that good when you have someone like Patrick Mahomes still running the show there because the defense is playing that well. If your defense is top two, top three, top five in the NFL, you can get away with having a slow start on offense. If the offense has always been the barometer for us, then them being slow means the team's off to a slow start. But God, the defense, the crazy thing, and this is where I think Chiefs fans should be so excited is that this Chiefs defense always stinks out of the gate and they figure it out by the end of the year. That's like a Spags MO. And so for them to come out so hot, only team in the league that hasn't allowed 21 points yet, and they've allowed 20 twice. Uh, but boy, that that's a really special unit that they've got opposite Patrick Mahomes. 
And so I think it's fair to maybe say that the the Chiefs started slow because you're used to just using the offense as a barometer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a, you know, perception, a, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, looking at perception of people around the, the, the league, kind of how they look at the team kind of thing. Um, with the defense, um, I think the char- in the first half, the Chargers kind of give them some, some issues with tempo. Uh, and it seemed like what they were doing, Craig was kind of breaking this down. Uh, they were going tempo, going into third down so that the Chiefs couldn't sub into their dime defense, which is where Spags really thrives because he can come up with all the exotic blitzes and, and coverage schemes. And that's where Spags really wins. Gets some dime defense and wins on third downs. Um, so he made the adjustment at halftime. You know, Spags started getting the, def- the dime defense in second down. Uh, so then that when they go tempo, you're already where you want to be. And, you know, then they, they kind of took away what they had uh, and really shut them down in the second half. In that first half, it almost looked like, you know, the Chiefs defense of old. I mean, he was kind of throwing it all over and there was one-on-one matchups and it seemed like every single defensive back was kind of getting theirs, uh, kind of giving up a catch here and there. And I was just like, oh man, really moving the ball. This kind of looks like the Chiefs defense of, you know, last year or two years ago kind of thing. But Spags made that really good halftime adjustment. And I just want to say, I got a strong take and I think the most underrated aspect of this Chiefs team right now is Steve Spagnolo. And I just think the way that he makes adjustments at halftime, the way that, like you said, he improves the defense throughout the season so that they're constantly getting better, um, the way that they thrive and dime like that, and so because that means Spagnolo can scheme him up and now he's going to confuse the quarterback. That, that's a Spags thing. Uh, it's just... Spagnolo is giving them such an edge. Um, and and it's like a perfect spot because he's already been a head coach in this league twice. And so it seems really doubtful. Tony Romo was kind of going into this. He was kind of hinting that like Spagnolo deserves another job. But not many head coaches get a third opportunity after failing in their first two. And I just feel like he's in the perfect spot right now. Like he's where he wants to be. Um, he's exactly what this Chiefs team needs. Uh, and it just seems like a perfect marriage. And I just, I don't, I don't think he's going to leave for like 10 years. Like he's just going to be here manning the defense. It's his job and he's not going to interfere. He's thriving in the role. He He's not going to leave for head coach. I don't think he'll be wanted in that role necessarily. And so I just think Steve Spagnuolo right now is just sitting pretty and it's worked out for the Chiefs so well. Like it was, it was a... I don't know if it was much blind, but some people definitely didn't like the move. I was kind of back and forth. He has so much uh, good history on his resume and so much bad history on his resume. It was kind of tough to tell what you were going to get. But I mean, the way Steve Spagnuolo has commanded the job has just been superb, I would say. Well, I mean, if you look at the fact that, again, they haven't even allowed 21 points this year. If you count the Lions game, I mean, one of those was Kadarius Toney. Um the defense hasn't allowed any opponent to score three touchdowns. Two touchdowns at most. I believe that it's only like three touchdowns in three home games or something like that. Uh, maybe that was prior to the Chargers. I don't know. I was trying to find the like number of scoring drives because they were number two or number three in the league. They'd, they'd allowed... 15 or 16 scoring drives, I think. Um, There's some pretty staggering statistics coming out of that room. And one of the things that I really enjoy 
as it relates to Spagnolo is because he's done it before at the absolute highest level, thinking about the way that his defenses were able to shut down Brady, um, you know, on the biggest, biggest, biggest stage. He just seems so comfortable. He seems happy. He seems like, like truly just kind of at his best, living his best life. Every time that I hear him on the the press conferences, I think it's Thursday that the coordinators talk, he comes up and he's like, man, it's just a really beautiful day. It even rained for a little bit out there. We're just having a great time. I'll just I'll just give it up to you guys. What uh, what questions do you have? I'm just having a wonderful day here in Kansas City. And like you hear Andy throw up there sometimes and Andy's like, time's yours. He's got a little Belichick in him every once in a while when he's not feeling good. He's going to take himself a nap. But Spags, man, it just seems like he's walking on sunshine right now. And, I mean, why wouldn't he? He's, he's in a perfect spot. He's in a perfect spot. He's not, he didn't have to answer a lot of questions. Then he shows up, what, was he doing one interview a week with the with the press? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's thriving with them right now. They're, they're winning Super Bowls. Like, so, some coaches are just meant to be coordinators. Uh, and, you know, they, they don't make a good head coach. But it's like, those are the best hires. Failed head coaches always bring them on as coordinators. And just just a glorious hire for the Chiefs. And it it bears to be said. So this isn't just like you might think like the Chiefs are just thriving because they played good offenses, because a lot of times defensive stats are just you've played a lot of bad offenses and you know that makes your defensive stat looks better. I mean, look at the Eagles last season. We went through their entire season and we're breaking down all the quarterbacks they faced, and it was just a bunch of nothing. So it's like, well, you guys haven't faced anyone, you haven't faced any top offenses, you haven't faced anyone like Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Like we're not scared of this defense. The Chiefs have faced offenses so far. This is my favorite stat, points per drive. So far this season, the 7th, 8th, 10th, which is the Bears, the 13th, 16th, which is the Broncos, Broncos top offense, top half offense of the league, uh, 18th and 28th. Uh, so six of the seven opponents so far are top 18, uh, you know, three in the top 10, uh, only one really bad offense, which is the Jets. Uh, in terms of points per drive. Uh, but they aren't doing this against bad defenses is the point, or bad offenses is the point. They're shutting down good offenses. Like, it's it's remarkable what the defense has done. Um, and we started to even see the first, you know, cracks in the in the seams here. And, you know, they have their first adversity. You know, gave up 17 points at half, like placing a good quarterback. Let's see how they respond. Completely shut them down in the second half. What do they go? Interception... Uh, three and out, three and out. I lost it. I had those at one point. Uh, but the second half drives by the Chargers. Interception, three and out, three and out, three and out. Interception. That's the second half drives from the Chargers. Just total domination. Like, like, what more can you say about this defensive unit? Well, and if you look at the first and second half splits, first half, you guys are not good for uh, an audio medium, but Dirk just left me. My wife left me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Dirk, I'm not sure if you caught the first and second half splits. First half, Chargers run 32 plays. They gained 233 yards, 7.3 yards per play, and put up 17 points. Uh, there was a tweet from Vahe at like the eight or nine minute mark left in the second quarter, and it's like the Chiefs have the most they've allowed in a game is 21 to the Lions. 
and they're in danger of maybe letting that happen in the first half against the Chargers. And I'm like, oh, crap. Of course, the offense looks good on the day that the defense can't seem to get a stop. And the Chargers did not sniff the end zone for the final 37 minutes of the game, I believe. Uh, in the second half, 29 plays as opposed to 32. 125 instead of 233 yards, 4.3 yards per play, and zero points scored. Um, hard to score points when you punt three and out, three and out, three and out, or sorry, interception, punt, three and out, three and out, interception, punt, that's out. from the Chargers offense. Doesn't matter exactly what they did. They did nothing. They did nothing. That's what they actually did. Yep. Um, a couple things. I think to kind of focus in on about this defensive performance, um, the first guy that I think most Chiefs fans will think about is, oh man, it's Charles Aminahu. This guy he gets to play in his first game as a Chief, and he's really kind of lighting it up out there. He gets a sack. He's got a batted pass. Uh, I believe actually two batted passes. Uh, one of them was down in the red zone. Uh, you know, he, he it's. It's looking good. He looks real sharp in that number 90 out there. Um, but honestly, the first guy that I would think about coming out of this Chargers game is Willie Gay. Um, I thought that Lockstep. I, I thought that Willie Gay had arguably his best game as a chief. Um, really seemed locked in in a way that like even the little things, which is sometimes what it seems like is where Willie kind of fails is like that, that last bit of execution in a play. Um, dude, uh, his contract year is going to get real interesting. Willie's in the final year of his deal. Nick Bolton is about to miss eight straight weeks at minimum. Uh, and he's already missed two games. I think Willie is getting a lot of snaps and he can make plays against the run, against the pass, as a blitzer. Um, I, 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 Willie Gay. Gay wash. Yeah, I, I, I had him down as the MVP of the game. Uh, just seemed like he was everywhere making plays. It seems like ever since I specifically called him the fourth best linebacker on the team, to be fair, I called him the best fourth linebacker in the entire NFL. So it was kind of a compliment, really. But ever since I said that, he's been thriving. Uh, and he's, you know, I've been pushing for the Tranquil and Bolton on the field at the same time. Uh, Gay has made that very tough. Even though Nick Bolton played great in this game and also Drew Tranquil played great in this game. Um, you know, it's it's been said uh, already this week multiple times. But the importance of signing Drew Tranquil, um, when, when we did it, it was just like, why? Like, what are we? Why we have holes on this on this team? Why are we signing another linebacker when we know that you know Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are locked in as the starters? Uh, it just seemed like a weird signing to me. And then it kind of comes out that you know Tranquil kind of don't want to come here. The Chiefs really liked what they saw from him, and it was just like, well, you know, if both sides want this to happen, let's just make it happen. And that's going to be extremely important. Like, if this injury were to happen to us last year, and now we got Darius Harris subbing in for as a as a now full-time player like he might be worried about this defense i mean now now we need a signal caller we need all this new stuff and it's just like this luxury piece that we that we added you know we have no idea that bolton's going to get hurt at the time but man it's going to pay huge dividends bolton's already missed two or three games maybe and now he's going to miss six more like that signing is just 
another another thing going the Chiefs' way. It's it's just a lot of things going the Chiefs' way, um, and that's that's going to it's, it's going to be huge. That's huge for us. I sack that Tranquil got to close out the game. Basically, a uh, little extra sauce on that one. You could tell that he was very hyped up. Um, and you know, he said he he really kind of had some extra juice playing against his old team. Um, and I I mean, I've said that like watching Tranquil, um, I don't notice him very much. I made that comparison where it's like. If you don't see an offensive lineman, he's having a good game. You don't see a corner, he's having a good game. You don't see a middle linebacker, I don't know if that means he's having a good game or not. Um, But the fact that the defense, without what many people are calling like a top five linebacker in the NFL right now, um, all the time that Bolton has already missed and all the time that he's going to continue to miss this year – Tranquil is really going to endear himself to a lot of people, and he's only on a one-year contract. So the Chiefs are going to be in an interesting position where it's like Nick Bolton is going to be due for a contract extension. Willie Gay is due for a contract extension. Drew Tranquil is due for a contract if you want to keep him around. Um, th- they're going to have a, a, an interesting set of decisions to make there because... You know, we're you were talking about trying to get like Bolton and Tranquil on the field at the same time. When they first signed him, I thought it said more about Willie Gay than anything else. Like, this guy's probably potentially gonna push Willie to start in that weak side linebacker spot. Um and and now he's just gonna get all these snaps in the middle. And and if you think about it, I mean, if you guys are willing to do a silly thought experiment, welcome to amateur hour. Um Like, if they hadn't sized Tranquil and Bolton got hurt like this, it probably means that you put Leo in the middle because he played middle at Wisconsin. Because otherwise you're talking about, like, Jack Cochran or or something like that. And so then it's Leo and Willie as your two linebackers. And sure, they're athletic and stuff, but, like, they're probably not still, you know, second in the league in success rate without generating pressure the way that they are this year. I imagine you're going to be seeing some gaps there in the middle of the field. Um, and so I, I, I feel very fortunate that they got tranquil as late in the process as they did for as affordable as they did. And he just seems absolutely thrilled to be here. You want to know about the state of the Chargers? Talk to Drew Tranquil who played there for four years and seems like he is just like playing in Hawaii here for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just having the time of his life, too. He and Spags. It's everybody, beautiful to be here, isn't it? Every, everybody's having the time of their life. And then Charles Aminu had the quote after the game, his sack was the happiest moment of his career. Yeah. People are, people are having a great time. Everyone's having a great time. I'm, I'm enjoying watching the Chiefs. Party over yeah. here. Um, yeah, so I, I think it'll be kind of Cool. Well, not cool. It'll be kind of good to get this evidence to have, you know, now uh, Tranquil and Gay together. It kind of helps them make the decision of what linebackers to move forward with in the future because we're kind of getting evidence of Gay and Tranquil and Bolton and seeing which combination works. And now we get to see evidence of each of them playing together and see who to move forward with. Um, So I think that will kind of be good for them. Um, And that's where we're at with this Chiefs defense. We keep talking about this, but they have so much depth that like an injury just means an opportunity for someone new and it's, and it's kind of exciting. 
Um, did you have anything more on the defense, or I want to do some Mahomes versus AFC West? Uh, yeah, one one last thing, and it's really just piggybacking on something that BJ talked about. Um, I th- I think it's a really a really interesting time for the fan base of the Chiefs. Um, you know, he talked about like watching this defense play the way that it does. It makes the Chiefs fun uh, on a fan level, particularly inside the stadium that they haven't been really since like the nineties. And if you cut your teeth in that era, when you're watching guys like Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, I'm assuming with the, that's a, that's a five, eight, right? That's, that's DT. Okay. Yeah. Dirk in the, uh, Derek Thomas Jersey today. Um, BJ talked about how like when you actually like get loud at the stadium and you scream and you make noise and you feel like you affect the game, all of this is on defense. And so when you have this dominating defense, it just, it actually like really does change the atmosphere at the stadium because celebrating touchdowns is great, but trying to mess with the opponent and having a defense that can come through in those clutch situations and make those big plays, that's Arrowhead at its best. And so now you've got that in addition to what this offense can do with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And like, brother, it is it, it has got to be such a party at Arrowhead. I really would like to get out there before the season is over uh, because I want to experience this Chiefs defense live and in person. I mean, it's a great point. And you kind of think of the launch of the Chiefs. Um, you know, I mean, in the, in the 80s, they were nothing. And then Carl Peterson and Marty Schoenhammer show up and really build up the defense. And that's when the crowd really establishes themselves as one of the best in the NFL. And it's kind of on, you know, with that defense, they kind of come up together, the crowd and the defense. And because, you know, like you said, you kind of supporting them more actively on game day than you are the offense. That's a, that's a great point. I like that. I like well, that. and if you believe... What the internet wants to tell you, which is that all Chiefs fans have only been Chiefs fans for like five or six years, they're going to start to grow up with this defense because they're the youngest defense in the NFL, by the way, average starting age for their uh, like major snap contributors. Uh, so there might be some changes that happen, obviously, um, but man, and final point, then I will let you do your Mahomes stuff. Um Chris Jones played 86% of the snaps on Sunday. Um, Not like a fully dominating performance. Broke his Uh, sack streak. He had a sack streak of 9, 10 games, I think it was. The second longest in team history behind himself. Uh, He broke that streak. uh, Well, and the Chiefs still ended up having five on the day. Um, Your question to start the season is the new Chris Jones, the forever Chris Jones? I I think the answer is yes. I think it is. I really did not expect in a game against the Chargers, um, you know, in in whatever it is, week seven, uh, when you're pretty much leading, you kind of have control of the game for the most part. Don't get me wrong, it's close here and there. 86% of the snaps, man. Like, I... Uh, I really didn't think that we were going to continue to see him play like that. He led the NFL uh, in defensive snaps for an interior lineman last year. Um, And then we also ended up seeing there was a stat that uh, made its way out from PFF 
that the pass rush win rate for Chris Jones as an edge rusher is 4% higher than any other edge rusher in the league. And so it's like they don't put him out on the edge much, but when they do, he is winning at a higher rate, significantly higher rate than any other player in the league. Um, impressive stuff from Chris Jones, especially when he basically seemingly didn't have an offseason with the team. And also crazy because, I mean, we had that season where he tried to go to defensive end full-time and it seemed like a total failure. And then all of a sudden, the next season, he kind of does it part-time and it's like the best thing ever. Like, I, I I won't really understand that ever, how it was so... It seemingly was so bad one year and then when he kind of does it part-time the next year, it just absolutely thrives. It's just a wild trade out. Yeah. Um, all right, Mahomes against the AFC West. You just got to get these stats off before we play the Broncos again, I think. Um, and then a uh, a little bit of a take here. I um, think I, I can tell you it's true. We are playing the Broncos on Sunday. You don't have to think. It's true. Confirmed. I think. All right. Good. We didn't even need a producer for that. Um, Patrick Mahomes now 29-3 and three versus the AFC West. 29-3. and three. That's absurd. Uh, some stats here from Taylor Witt on Twitter. I was about to do a deep dive on this, but he kind of did the work for me. Um, just in terms of uh, record against division, you know, over a long period of time, uh, the NFL record for 48 game span was 41 and seven by the 49ers in 91 to 98. Uh, the Andy Reid Chiefs are now 43 and five in their last 48 division games. Um, so, I mean, unbelievably thriving it's it's and even the wins you're just like you can pick them out and be like well that shouldn't have happened there was a there was a pass interference in that chargers game so that loss shouldn't have happened there was the Derek carr uh multiple times from fourth and one uh getting flags that loss shouldn't have happened like you can even pick out the wins and like have problems with the only place i can um so just just insane stats there uh of patrick mahomes and andy reed's afc west dominance uh what you got well, as I check the math here, 48 games is eight seasons against the AFC West, right? Six games a year, eight times six is 48. Okay, so eight seasons against the AFC West. The Chiefs have lost five games. <laughs> Best of all time with slim margins there, and yet they are two games ahead of, of the next best ever. Um, just Ooh. insane what they're doing. Um, absurd, absurd stuff going, everything going the Chiefs way. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's going on in Kansas City right now. And that's why I think the Chiefs are going to lose to the Broncos this week. <laughs> I think they're going to lose. I think it's going to happen. Too much is going right. Um, you know, last year we lost to the Colts. We almost lost to the Texans down the stretch, like, and we still won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, these losses can happen. Um, you know, we're going for 16 in a row, which seems absurd. Like something, something might get thrown in there. Uh, you know, twice playing on twice in three weeks seems kind of weird. I, I had a vision. This, that's my vision this week is that the Chiefs are going to lose to the Broncos. Uh, I think the Broncos won on Sunday, uh, a game that they had really no business winning against the Packers. Uh, Boy, the Packers are bad this year. Um, I I don't agree. <laughs> uh, I believe the Chiefs are going to beat the Broncos. In fact, I think that they might beat them the way that we expect 
expected them to the first time uh, and actually get like a real blowout. And everyone's going to be like, oh man, the Chiefs are on the war path, headed to Frankfurt. And then I think they lay a big, big, big egg that suddenly the defense probably has its worst game of the year because they're playing against Miami, that the offense sputters a little bit and everybody's like, oh, look at that Dolphins defense. Here they come. And Chiefs and Dolphins tied in record in the AFC again. And it's going to get real spicy with all the Tyreek stuff and everything else. And I think that is going to motivate them to then essentially play immaculate out of the bye. That would be my guess. I, there's no way we're losing in our second home. I think home they might take a big dump in Germany. Just like get out there. <laughs> Everybody's just, dream. Not good. Everybody's dream. Isn't it? Take a big dump in, in Germany. Right, who, who can fault them? But man, the Germans love the Chiefs. Um, this has kind of been, I don't know if they have a special relationship. I don't totally get why, but it seems like uh, they've been tied together for like the last couple of years. And now we're coming over there. Going to be a lot of Chiefs support. Um, no, I think we get the Dolphins, but. I just had a feeling sound like a, a real uh, real company man after that run in with Clark Hunt. Well, the Germans love the Chiefs, as you well know. They've got a very established footprint over there in Frankfurt, particularly. Uh, <laughs> folks, this has been Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He's his darkness. And Justin Herbert is Philip Rivers. He is not. He is not worthy. He is not worthy.